Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Rec Circle, and Spotify. Also, check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. We also want to mention... Check out Playback. We're on there all the time now. Playback.tv backslash 5RSN. That's playback.tv backslash 5RSN. And just download the Playback app and search for 5 Reasons Sports. The app is free. It's now available fully on Android and on iPhone as well. And we have a ton of content coming for you, including streaming the games and watching them with you. Also want to mention one of the great sponsors of the 5 Reasons Sports Network. That is Water Cleanup of Florida. Check them out at WCUFL.com. That's WCUFL.com. Mold damage, water damage. They will take care of it for you. Michael, Robert, and his team, based in Boca Raton, but service the entire area. And they do not only do they do a great job, they're honest, honest people, and they handle your work uh, with care. Fully certified. You can also join the preventative program. Check them out at Water Cleanup of Florida, WCUFL.com. If you've got the schmutz, they got the guts. And now, today's episode. Down to Biscay. Yikes. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Bucket said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. we got Brady Hawk. You can follow him at BradyHawk305. And Alex Toledo, you can follow him at Tropical Blanket. The Miami Heat are now through three preseason games with two to go. We haven't seen Jimmy Butler play in the preseason yet, so it hasn't really been a complete roster. We have seen a couple of guys show through. We will talk about those today. Uh, but what we're going to do, we're going to get into three or four topics, at least three, possibly four, uh, depending on how long this stuff goes, that have jumped out to us so far, some themes from the preseason, and then sort of some variations, how that might change as the regular season starts. So I'm going to start with a guy who was the best player on the floor uh, yesterday, which was Tyler Hero. And Tyler has now been good pretty much every time we've seen him so far. Uh, whether you go all the way back to Miami Pro League, I know that's a different experience, but scoring 44 points and making a shot <laughs> at the end of the game uh, when people were chanting Dame there, or a couple of people were, uh, that was sort of the first the first sign. Then you look at the scrimmage. He was their top scorer in the scrimmage. Um, had 17 points early in that game. First preseason game he played. Not especially efficient, but again... High volume, among the top scorers, getting to his spots comfortably. And then last night, he goes over 30. And so I you know, I want to talk about the specifics of it and then also the wrinkle. So we'll get into the specifics and then the wrinkle for each of these themes. Alex, from what you've seen so far from Tyler, you know what the wrinkle is going to be. So let's not get into that yet. But just 
the way he's performed, are you now expecting a leap? Oh, Ethan, we're getting into semantics here. What do what do you consider a leap? Uh, higher than I can jump. Let's do that. <laughs> okay, so the bar is not. You said even, higher than you even, can jump. Even when I had two good knees. Okay, so the bar is low here. Even with yes. the low bar, I'm gonna say no, um, because I, I think a leap does sound like, I think a huge step, and I could be wrong because I, I've already said before, and, and I feel like we are are in similar thinking that Tyler's going to have a big year just based on the way that he plays. It, he already had that chip on his shoulder before, you know, um, before all the Dame stuff. And I, and I don't want to get into, into repeats here because I've already said this before, but I just think even with that, I think a leap kind of sounds like, I don't know, he becomes maybe a first-time All-Star. Um, and I don't know if that's going to happen just because I, I – Sorry, you're witnessing the live like uh, thought process here because I, I I could see Tyler starting off the season with like I don't know 24 points per game, you know a number like that, right? Where it's a little a little bit more than he usually does, and maybe that stands out to people. But that would also entail the Heat starting off the season really well if he becomes an All Star, and the Heat don't typically start off seasons um, like they do um, to finish them. So I'm gonna say no, he doesn't take that leap, but he does increase his production and have a great season. Alex didn't want to leap to any conclusions. Brady, is he going to take a leap? I think he probably will. Uh, and I think it's probably for not the flashy reasons or the points per game stuff. I kind of went over it yesterday. Like, I just think like there's a cliche phrase about like a player, like slowing down, like things slowing down for you. And it's used a lot. And probably most of the time we use it, things probably aren't slowing down for that player. Like, things really are slowing down for Tyler Hero when you watch him out there. Like, things uh, in terms of his reads, in terms of him getting to his spots, in terms of his overall moves. Like, that's something I was talking about. Is you, you watch him, specifically in the first preseason game, uh, watch his pump fakes. Like, if you just watch the way he was throwing shot fakes, like, it was very – it wasn't just, like, a guy that just, like, says to himself before a season, I'm going to start throw, throwing shot fakes, and they just start flying all over the place, and they're not, like, measured. They were very measured. They were, like, solid uh, – really like fooling the defense and kind of really taking his time and being intentional with it. Then you look at yesterday's game and then I go to the the kind of combos and crossovers. You watch some of the stuff he was doing and the moves he's doing. He's not just throwing a bunch of dribbles at you like he worked on in the offseason. He's just trying to throw it all out there at once. He really added it in a way that's going to try to fool the defense, kind of like taking it slower, not rushing it, trying to act like it's a hesitation, like he's actually getting into his shot and bursting to the lane. He had one really good move on Zyra Williams and he got to the rim. Yet another one reacted. He always refuses the screen at all times. He does that a ton. This time, like he really like widened his hips, acted like he's going around the screen, throws a crossover. Zaire goes flying to his right around the screen, wide open pull up three. Like that small stuff is what's going to lead to the lead because there's no doubt we all can agree that he can score the basketball, especially when he's open. He's going to have the points come along, but it's about how he's getting the points. And if he's getting to the to his spots like that, find those type of gaps and openings, uh, that's a tough thing to deal with and a tough thing for defense to deal with. And then now I know Ethan where you're going next with your wrinkle. The, this will be the question to see how he can kind of mix that in next to a certain somebody, because I feel like when you watch him in a preseason game, when he's out there by himself, he can very easily get there. And now it'll be about kind of balancing the two things that we've seen, the, the catch and shoot stuff and the on ball stuff. And before I know you get to that, I just do want to say the catch and shoot stuff and the off ball stuff kind of intrigues me just as much as the stuff that he showed on the ball, because he said in media day, he said, I want to get up more threes. If there was a game plan for him, like 
that is 100% should be his focus. Like getting up more threes is kind of the key there. We could talk about uh, getting to the free throw line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that'll be a good addition as the season goes. Will that fully last? I'm not so totally sure just because as much as you could say to yourself, I'm going to draw more content, get to the line. You need the respect from like referees and officials and everything to actually do that consistently. So we'll see if that ends up happening. And one yesterday, actually, that he, there, there was a situation like that. He got to the line five times. I mean, a lot of them were and ones. He got a couple, but it's just the, the overall point is the question is it's it, it's going to happen across the season. But what you did see is he can generate a lot of threes. And if he continues to get them up and get kind of have high volume three-point shooting and the way he can do it from all spots of the floor and the stuff we've talked about in different ways, like, yeah, that is going to be an absolute key. And Ethan, it's going to be a key for this next topic where you're adding in this certain wrinkle. Yeah, and this is about uh, efficiency of movement that'll – ideally lead to better efficiency statistically. So we'll see how that goes. All right, the wrinkle. I'll let you start on it, Brady. It's Jimmy. We haven't seen them play together uh, this time around. I mean, they did a little bit in the scrimmage, I guess, for one quarter, but Jimmy was playing, you know, with his eyes closed and with his left hand. Yeah, we didn't see it. We didn't see it. I don't know if I don't know if we count that. It's not that we haven't seen Jimmy and Tyler play together. They've been they've played together now for four seasons. But I still feel like in a lot of ways it's a work in progress, and in part it's a work in progress because as one guy ascends, it seems like the other guy needs to some ways recede. Is that, or is that fair, and, and how, how does Tyler keep this up when Jimmy's playing? Well, I think the shooting is a big part of that. Like we just talked about with Tyler off the ball. You see Jimmy all offseason working his three. I think I – we have yet to see Jimmy like shoot a three in like a normal way because we haven't seen him in preseason. As you mentioned, he shot a left-handed three in the scrimmage. So I am not counting that as a, a attempted three. Uh, but if the, the shooting is actually there, like that obviously changes things. The difference is as much as we can say about one dropping off when the other one ascends, I don't think Jimmy wants to ascend on October at the end of October. Like he does not want to, he's, been listed as a dental procedure for the last two games. Like, I think there's going to be certain points of the season where he's like, Tyler, go do your thing. I'll stand right here. I'll play the baseline roamer. I'll get a bucket when I need to. Uh, I'm Side note, we were talking about this yesterday. I am curious to see how they are going to deal with rotations and substitution patterns because are they going to do the same thing as last year where they let him play the whole first quarter and then kind of loop back around? I think they probably will change some stuff up there. Uh, but – Definitely Tyler and Jimmy are obviously going to play a ton together, starting games, finishing games in the middle of games. Uh, and, yeah, that'll be the big question. Can he still get to his spots? I mean, look, last season, as much as we talk about Jimmy and kind of picking things up and he had moments throughout the regular season, Tyler and Bam was still their best overall offensive action within their offense. And that's still going to be probably their number one action this season within their offense because Jimmy can find ways to get buckets on his own. He doesn't always need a, a kind of a pick and roll. He can kind of get it in the mid-range and get a bucket. He can work in the low post. He could run in isolation and get into a pull-up. Like, he could do so many different things, whereas, like, Tyler and Bam having that base is what runs their entire offense. So Tyler's got the ball in his hands a ton, and that's why probably the point guard thing was probably always overblown in a way, just because as much as we're sitting here talking about the point guard thing, you're watching in these games, Tyler and Bam are running down the floor playing, quote-unquote, point guard, but they're not even passing. They're just rolling into their normal offensive actions right away. So I don't think any of that – can change. I know we probably are overblowing the Tyler and Jimmy thing as well, just because we've literally seen it for four straight seasons. So maybe we are kind of talking about it in a different light, but for sure, if we're sitting here asking if Tyler's going to take a leap, generally Jimmy's going to have to take somewhat of a back step. If Tyler's jumping to that degree, like jumping from 20 plus points per game to a 25 points per game, like obviously Jimmy's going to have to take a back seat in that way. So 
we'll see how that goes. I think it'll be a slight leap. So like Ethan, like you, if you were to jump like a slight leap, you were talking about before, that's what, that's what Tyler's probably potentially looking for. All right. Um, Alice, I want to get to the next topic here. So let, let's do this one quickly. Tyler. No, some do stats it. Some ready and everything. Tyler, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm going to give you more space on the next one, but just, yes, right. give your, your Tyler view. Um, I actually think it's a, a, a really good uh, topic because like, I, I feel like they can play well together. And then, you you know, I was just looking up some of the on and off stuff and like him, when I say him, I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy, Tyler and Bam all together last season had a, you know, a great plus 5.80 net rating. When you take that, when you take Bam out of that, right. Uh, the net rating becomes negative 2.68. Um, and most of it is the defense falls off a cliff. And actually, even though that's a ginormous drop off in net rating, the offense actually got a lot better in the minutes where it's Jimmy Tyler, no bam. So it was that big of a defensive drop off. Like the, the offensive rating without bam just, there. Just Adam. Went from, just Adam. Uh-huh. Just Adam. Who are you talking oh. about? Are you talking about Deadman? Are you talking about a Zeller? Oh, but Which you know what? It's a good point, though. It's a good point because it's it's most likely including Deadman. It's including Zeller. It's including Orlando. So it, there's a lot going on there. But basically um, – you know, the offense is still is actually better, you know, with without Bam, just in those minutes, according to the offensive rating. So I think like the offensive issues are it seems like that would be the bigger issue between them. Um, and I actually do think like there's been times, like Ethan said, where it's felt like, you know, they, they've had to take turns in the past. But I feel like everything we've been talking about with Tyler here and, and I feel like I think Bam was the first one to talk about it at training camp when he talked about, you know, Tyler is taking less dribbles. He's more efficient with his movement. This is the exact type of stuff that we were talking about during the summer with polishing and getting better at the things you're already really good at. And that's the same line of thinking with, um, you know, what Brady's saying and with what Tyler was saying at media day, more threes. It's like, yeah, you know, do that more. Do the, the things you're incredible at more. And he's such a dynamic player when he really finds the balance between on and off ball with the stuff he's doing now to polish the on ball game where it's not it's, it doesn't take quite as long on a shot clock for him to get to his shot. He's making quicker decisions. This is the stuff that he, that, you know, guys figure out as they age, he's still only 23 and he's, he's over here polishing his game up. Like he's a, I don't know, you know, an eight time all-star not saying he's that good, but like the, the, the improvements he's made year after year are really, really encouraging. And I think the more that they figure out how to balance that on and off ball with him, that's going to be like the key, because I do think you can do even more stuff involving the two of them. I think, if you try to involve Tyler more often than not in the same actions that they run run for Jimmy, when they're it, it, even if they're trying to ultimately just get the switch for Jimmy, for example, um, in in a play like having Tyler on the other side of the floor running around, thinking you know making the the off ball defense think that maybe the action is going to be for him. I just think involving him and having him run around the floor essentially the way that they do with a guy like Duncan is going to be you know better for Tyler. And better for the Heat and better for Jimmy Butler. I, I just think like you have to maximize what he's good at. And having him, you know, he's a great spacer. Having him, you know, I think stay as a as a spot up guy when other guys are when you're having actions run for your stars is not what I would do. I, I would just have him <laughs> moving and running around as much as possible. Have him competing with Duncan Robinson for miles ran per per 75 or whatever the stat is. I just think he's that dynamic on and off ball because if you start running him off ball more often than not it's going to be easier for him 
to get to his own shot where he's not, he might be playing against a bent defense more often than not. And I just think, man, you know, there's, there's a little bit like meat left on the bone, I think with what they can do with him off ball. And I'm excited to see them try to incorporate that more this season. Cause he's saying all the right things and Bam was saying all the right things about him. And, and then now we're seeing it. So I'm, I'm very encouraged by what he's done so far. Hopefully he incorporates enough stuff that he can be ranked ahead of Jordan Clarkson next year on a callback of one of our prior episodes. All right. After the break, we are, I'm only going to let one of you get in on each of the next three topics. So we'll, we'll split that up when we come back. Uh, We do have a word though, from one of our sponsors. Football season is back, and you know what that means. Touchdown dances, Sunday tailgates, and epic fantasy showdowns. But, fellas, let's not forget the real MVP of the season, introducing the all-new Beard Hedger Pro Kit by Manscaped, your ultimate luxury beard grooming experience. This kit is your secret weapon for staying sharp on and off the field. Don't fumble this opportunity. Head to manscaped.com and elevate your grooming game with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. You heard that right. 9 million men or 109 MetLife stadiums. We shouldn't be talking about New York. So go to manscaped.com. It's not even New York. It's New Jersey. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN. Your grass is not artificial. Keep it shaved with Manscaped. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game. I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, Wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. Welcome back to Five on the Floor. Uh, all right, let's go through these next three here, okay? I'm just going to flip a coin or something, flip my phone. Uh, that's probably not the best idea. All right, number two here. Is Kyle Lowry going to start at point guard? Uh, this is one of the developments that, that seems like it's trending in that direction. Uh, one preseason game, of course, the second preseason game, he didn't play, neither did Josh Richardson, neither did Hero. But in the first preseason game, Jimmy didn't play, so instead of inserting, say, Hawkes in the starting lineup, Caleb was out too. They moved Josh to the three, basically, with Hero and Lowry in the backcourt. So it was hard to tell, Okay. And then in this last preseason game, Josh doesn't play. So Lowry and Hero start in the backcourt, which is how they came out of training camp last year. But they didn't come out of training camp with Kevin Love playing at the four. They came out of training camp with Caleb Martin playing at the four. And you all know how I feel about this. I do not think you can start Kyle Lowry, Kevin Love, and Tyler Hero together and have a functional defense. Um, So let's see. Who should I go to on this one first? Brady. Uh, does it look like Kyle Lowry's the starting point guard? And then I'll give the wrinkle. I don't think 
there's any difference of what we're seeing, I guess, what we've seen in training camp to now. Like, I don't think my opinion's changed on it just because Kyle started. To your point, like, they first preseason game, they threw that lineup out there because probably mainly so nobody got an idea of what they were doing. Like, I said that before that game started. I'm like, the most troll thing that they could do is just throw all three of them out there and just see, like, just let them have a bunch of ball injuries. That's what they did. Then you mentioned again, this last game they've had to start Kyle. I don't think that's a thing of, oh, that means Kyle's starting. He was the only point guard on the roster yesterday. They didn't have R.J. Hampton. They didn't have Drew Smith. They didn't have Josh Richardson. They didn't have anybody. So it was like if he didn't play, there was a, <laughs> there was a problem. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know if there's anything of a difference of what we've seen, but I think Kyle's looked fine. I think Kyle's looked actually pretty good. Uh, I think we've said he's looked in shape. I think he's uh, done certain good things inside the offense. You know, we've seen the full-court passes that everybody seems to hate and love at the same time. I think when Love does it, it's like the – the flirting versus harassment thing with the if Kevin Love does it versus Kyle Lowry doing it. But either way, I thought he's done good stuff with the passing side you of things. You both used that this past week, actually. You both <laughs> used the same feed. It's oh, funny because I, I also said something of the sort yesterday when we were at the game, so it made me laugh because I, I felt Brady going I, to I'm, it. I'm going to use it next. All right, Brady, I get it. He's looked okay. I still hate the whole idea. Uh, Alex, I'll throw you the wrinkle on this one. It's not going to be the Kevin Love starting at the fourth thing. I, I think thought you were going to make a going. joke about Kevin Love and wrinkles in there for a second. No, I'm the last one to make that kind of joke. What I would say, though, is let me throw this other part to you because we haven't discussed it in these terms. If love starts with Lowry, that means you're bringing Caleb and Josh, I guess, off the bench together. Can a case be made for that? Because I'm trying to find why they're doing this other than to just placate Kyle's ego at this stage, and I cannot come up with a reason. So I'm just I'm, – I'm wondering – does that make any sense? Oh, you bring in two, you know, perimeter defenders are going to get after it at the top off the bench when Jimmy comes out, I guess. I guess. Yeah, like that would be fun, right? That part of it, that part of it specifically would be fun, but not the starting lineup part. And you know what really would it be fun for? Jimmy and Bam, who are just trying to get to the playoffs, man. And all of a sudden, you're going to have them cover up as much ground as they have. I mean, look, they've done it plenty of times throughout this era, if you look at it, right? Like, you know, when they had Kendrick and 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 Duncan starting together. They had Goron and Duncan starting together. You know, um, when you know, you can kind of say that for Tyler and Kyle last season. Like they've they've gone through plenty of stuff like that. But man, if you you're doing three guys in the lineup who you have to cover up for, I think I, it gets really tough because Lowry, Love, and Hero. You could say too many wrinkles in that lineup, right? Um, I think Lowry is somebody who is a good, very good help defender, smart, knows where to be. And honestly, you could say that for Hero and Love as well, but that is not, to me, the right way to optimize your lineups when you have all this depth of kind of guys who can play with your best players. I think we've seen that Lowry is best used off the bench, and it's just too much. It's I think it's too much, right, when you're including Tyler. I mean, uh, Love having to hedge and recover the way that he does, um, Hero getting hunted, Kyle not wanting to go over screens and pretty much telling the other guy who's there to switch who every time the screen point comes. Of attack, Alex? Exactly, that yeah. Jimmy Butler who and Bam Adebayo. Who point of attack? No, that's the problem. You're changing the shape of your defense because you want Jimmy and Bam to be the primary help guys. And, yeah, they cover the best players when it matters the most. But throughout the season, I don't think they want to take on that sort of defensive um, responsibility. And not only that, like, then the uh, you have to get back the a requisite amount of offensive production every night 
from that unit to make it worthwhile. I, I don't think that's going to be the way they go. And well, I don't think they're going to start Kyle, but it, huh? is Kyle going to shoot in that situation? Cause it feels no. to me like he won't, right? Like, I feel like there's a better chance of him actually shooting if he's running the second unit. I, I, I I'm at a loss with this one. So we're going to move to the next one. Cause I, it, it I, it seems to be trending that way. It does seem to be trending that way because I think it's hard. I understand he was the only point guard yesterday, but but here's the thing: if they, if to use my old 790 phrase, um, if if Kyle starting throughout the whole preseason and then Spolster makes the move to bring him off the bench, I almost feel like that's worse than if you had just had the conversation before and said, "Listen." We're going to get Hero and Richardson the reps here because we think it's better for the overall team. It's not an indictment on you. Goran Dragic and Dwayne Wade came off the bench on this team for inferior players, okay, when they had done incredible things for this organization, particularly Dwayne, but both of them. And we just think this is the best way to maximize you. It's the best way to preserve you for the end of games when we may need you more and for the end of the season. And now it's like you start through the whole preseason and then have that conversation the day before the season starts does not seem like the kind of thing they typically do. Um, so it seems to me like he's going to start. And I, I am, I am surprised and concerned. I will use those two phrases. All right, Alex, uh, this one, uh, it does appear that the backup big situation has been solved. So this is number three. Like this was a huge issue last year. There's no question. You know, they replaced one guy who they'd gotten off the couch with another. And, you know, they had some moments with the second one in Zeller, but uh, the first one, Deadman, was atrocious. Uh, and now Thomas Bryant's played well every time they put him out there, really. Um, and Orlando Robinson has not looked bad either. So uh, are you comfortable now with the 13 to 15 minutes that Bam Adebayo is not going to play on a nightly basis? Definitely. Definitely. I, I think, you know, I, for the regular season, I mean, because we already know in the playoffs, I think we would all want Bam playing as much as possible, 40-plus um, minutes. But for the regular season, like I said, it feels like they treat it like a marathon. Where Because I don't ever want to like sound like I'm saying they don't try in the regular season. But it's a, it's very much a marathon where like you're pacing yourself trying to get to the end. But that, that doesn't mean you're not trying. It's just that that's the strategy you're taking on. And I think because of that, you know, you want Bam to be able to sit and it's like, okay, now things aren't going to fall off a cliff. That That's that's what you're hoping for. And I think you have that now with Brian and Orlando. I think it seems like Brian is definitely the one ahead right now with the way they, they're playing him in preseason. I, I think yesterday was a tell because Orlando didn't get in. And I think Leif had said this on, on the show as well. Like they, you know, Orlando didn't get in until way later in the game. But we've already seen a, a, a lot of improvement from him. So I'm, I'm encouraged by just them, you know, and their third stream big man situation but brian has has been has been you know i think as advertised an offensive weapon for them and it's again you know we're talking about backup centers here it's nothing world changing but honestly like he's probably going to be their best backup five that they've had in the jimmy era unless you know you, you can the only other people who i guess you can throw in there if you want to be technical about it is when they had kelly as their backup five for a period in that first year and then you know the the, the the moments last season where they had love as backup five, but Brian, as far as a veteran minimum guy, he's going to give you stuff. I think he's going to, he, he's really physical with the way that he uh, bangs inside. Like he was scoring with ease on uh, Xavier Tillman last night, who's young, but the guy is a pretty big body. He's a, he's a strong dude. 
And he, he was just scoring over him with just straight size and skill. He has pretty good touch. Uh, the midi looks good. And the, the guy is a good rebounder. I think the, the body as a screener is going to help dudes get to their shots. And so he's a very different player than Bam. But I think they needed a guy like him. Like, it's a perfect situation. Me and Brady were talking about it yesterday at the game because it's like they need what he is good at for those minutes off the bench. And even if, like, his minutes and, and we expect his minutes to dwindle in the playoffs, like, I think he he's just going to be happy that he's playing c- compared to some of the situations he's been in, in the past um, couple of seasons where he gets inconsistent playing time. I think he's going to be the consistent back of five from what I've seen. And it's going to be like that throughout the season until – the minutes start coming down in the playoffs. And I think it's the, the heat appreciate what he brings. All right, Brady, let me give you the wrinkle here. Uh, and the wrinkle is something we've talked about before, but now that you've seen some of these other pieces out there, we know he's going to score. Like I, that's, he, he has instincts as a scorer. He, as you mentioned, he has the physicality as a scorer. Um, how many bad defenders can you put on the floor with him at one time and survive? Two max, or two can you max. even get away with two? I think two is probably the max, and that's why I thought lineups were when we were talking before the season when everybody was saying like about Love potentially not starting. I'm like, how are you not starting Love? Because then you're playing a Love Thomas Bryant backup <laughs> front court, and then you're playing Kyle at the one and Duncan's at the two. Like, what? Like, what are we doing now? Like, you got to spread these guys around a little bit. And Kevin Love starting the four. So he's going to have at least two back. Okay, so either way you look, well. Maybe not, but this gets back to the whole point that I keep making, which is you cannot start Love and Lowry together. Because if you do that, well, hold on a second. Well, it would be well, better for that, Thomas Bryant. You are protecting Thomas Bryant. I'm sorry, you <laughs> are protecting Thomas Bryant. Because you're 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 because Thomas Bryant won't have as much to clean up because you'll have Josh out there with him with okay. Caleb and Duncan. Well, you're doing the opposite guess, to right? Jimmy and Bam. Right. So you're actually making things easier on Brian. Okay, am I now cycling back to our number two point and saying you're not building your rotation around Thomas Bryant? Kyle's ego, why you would let him start, right? I don't think you're building your rotation around Thomas Bryant, though. Like, let's let's <laughs> can we build it around uh, Jimmy and Bam before we get to that? Uh, well, if you were I, do, if you were doing that, they would start Josh Richardson. Uh, in the, yeah, anyway, okay, and that's what I still think they're going to do. But to your just to answer your question really quickly, two is. The max it seems and it's probably going to be that i think that's why you're you're kind of seeing uh it's going to be kyle and duncan and that's why what we've said hey what high smith is going to play a ton like we keep saying it but it's going to happen i look at the what he provides that is the perfect guy to put next to thomas bryant because that's a guy that hey, can caleb. cover yeah caleb's the same thing but Haywood can cover things up and play so many different positions where i've seen Haywood. He, i said it yesterday when he was starting at the three i'm like he went from starting at the five to starting at the three. Like it, they can do different things now, where he can move around and kind of help Thomas Bryant out. And once again, Thomas, they're not going to throw it out there in the preseason because it's just not going to happen. But he is going to be sitting in a whole lot of zone this season, so like it makes things easier for him. And then maybe the the negative defenders, number of negative defenders, maybe doesn't matter as much because it's more about positionally defending. So we'll see how they do what they do with it, but. I honestly don't even think he's looked bad defensively in the preseason. Once again, it is the preseason. This is not like hardcore offenses and actions and putting him in act, oh, action and action over again. He has not looked bad, though. Like, I thought he's battled one-on-one with other big defenders. The question is about him defending in space, and I think they're going to try to minimize that as much as possible. But even with that, he has not looked that bad to me in that area. Kevin Love has to start, though. I mean, that that's what I take out of all this. He has to start, right? For sure. 
So sure. we're cycling right Give back. Give him the old Myers concern. role. Yeah, I, well, and we're cycling back to my concern, which is Love and Lowry starting with Hero together. But again, then you're protecting Thomas Bryant because you could throw Highsmith, Richardson, and Martin out there with him, and nobody is getting to the rim anyway. So I, maybe that is the solution. All right, last one here, and this does need to be rapid fire, so I'll let both of you jump in on this. You mentioned Haywood Highsmith. This is sort of the fourth takeaway here. Both Highsmith and Kane have made progress. They've both looked like better players than they were before. It took Jamal a little bit of time to show it, but when he got the opportunities in these last two preseason games, he has shown it. Can either of you make any case for Jamal Kane moving ahead of Haywood Highsmith for minutes and opportunities this year? Because before, I thought Kane was ahead of Highsmith, and Highsmith, we were having these debates last year, and Highsmith clearly made the bigger impact during the season. Can you make any case that Jamal Kane could flip it? 30 seconds or less, Brady. I can't just because I think the development that Kane is making with his shot right now is what Haywood did last season. So I think he's a year ahead. And I, I think that the shooting is legit with Haywood right now. I've noted, I think Kane, what you saw in the preseason, he's like making adjustments where he's catching higher. He's not dipping it low. It's shooting quicker. Mm -hmm. Defensively, I thought he's looked good. Uh, the one difference is, is like there's more, uh, he's more vertical than Haywood, I'll say, because what you're seeing on the offensive rebounding is legit. Like, he is just an absolute magnet on the offensive boards. Like, once he gets it and his finishing around that range is really good as well. Whereas Haywood, Haywood's a guy that's just always going to be in the right spot. And it was funny because if you listen, I asked Spo about Jamal Keane last night, and if you listen to a part of his answer, he, like, caught himself before he said it. Like, he restricted himself when he was like, yeah, there's certain parts where, where Jamal, like, kind of, like falls asleep weak side and he like kind of like found a way to like tie it in where it didn't sound as bad, but it was like a point where like, right. yeah, like Jamal still has those moments where there's slippage where he'll have like those lapses. Whereas like at this stage, I haven't seen many of those lapses from Hayward. I've seen stuff where he's very quick, makes good reads baseline. He had a really good pass on an inbound to it. it kind of got it back and passed the band defensively he's in the right spot. So I don't know if I'd go that far. I think Kane gets the roster spot. I think he could play minutes, but I don't know about getting ahead of Hayward. Yeah, well, Brady took the Brady took the full minute, but I, Alex, I'll still let you get in here to close. Can you see any scenario? And thanks to our sponsors, by the way, before we do close, Water Cleanup of Florida Manscape. Use the code five RSN, and of course, join us on playback. Can you see any situation here where Kane, with, barring injuries ahead of them, because obviously that changes the circumstance, but where Kane kind of moves ahead of Highsmith this season? No, I agree with Brady. I think um, Highsmith is a year ahead as far as the way that they kind of handle their. Their system, they already were trusting him enough to get decent minutes in the in the playoffs, in the finals even, against while Jokic was on the floor. It wasn't even against necessarily bench units. So everything points to them trusting him already, whereas Kane is over here fighting for a guaranteed spot. So, no, I, I think he's definitely ahead, and I don't see Kane playing ahead of him. The other thing to factor in here is we were kind of already talking about Hakez in that light, where it's like all right. of us are expecting Highsmith to play over Hakez as well. So Kane has to... Um, fight with him and others for for potential playing time. I think he's really only going to be a guy where, like, you know, if there's a couple of guys out and that's when he plays. But um, he's definitely earned the guaranteed spot. And and I agree with Brady that, like, I think he's got a little bit more just because the offensive rebound stuff is really – it stands out every time he plays. Like, he's he's there. and He's, got, he's grabbing it over bigger dudes, too. It's mm -hmm. not, you know, like it's the ball coming to him or anything like that. He's absolutely fighting for those boards. I like the way he navigates over screens. But, yeah, Highsmith is the known quantity right now, and I think he's very, very good at um, what he does on, on the defensive end. And, you know, is the exact type of role player they need. So, no, Kane is going to be behind, but I do think he can sneak in 
here and there this season and, and play minutes. I, I I think he can play around their best players with the with the things that he does. He doesn't have to change his game. Like he can still play to his strengths around the other best players because the the ball doesn't need to be in his hands. He's just doing all the little things. Like I I'm very encouraged by what I've seen from him though. I'll give the fifth takeaway and not let either of you guys get in because we got to close here. Uh, to me, to me, the fifth takeaway is this: the fact that we're having these conversations about does Orlando Robinson ever get any minutes ahead of Thomas Bryant when Orlando's played pretty well, or does Kane get some minutes ahead of Highsmith? And where does Yakit? Uh, I'll do this every time. Hakez fit, and we haven't even discussed Jovic on this pod because obviously he's been injured. I I'll just say this. Any argument that they had more depth coming out of last training camp is crazy, and it's national people who are not following this team because we were not having these conversations coming out of training camp last year. Like, we were not. Like, we were. We kind of knew what the rotation was going to be. Oladipo was the wild card, um, but once Yurt got hurt, it was kind of like, okay, I mean, this is who their 9 or 10 is going to be, a tenth, with Oladipo being the 10th. We were not talking about, like, 12th guys, 13th guys who had an opportunity because of the way they've played and the way they've been featured in some situations to actually impact the rotation this year. So this team is unquestionably deeper, unquestionably, even though they lost Vincent and Struess. I just, I, I don't think it's any argument anymore. All right. Thanks to everybody. Uh, we'll have continued coverage. We're actually going to have Nate Duncan. We did the home and home thing. I was on his podcast uh, last week. Uh, people are very upset about it because they thought I was too heat homerish on there. And yet I picked the same number of wins that Nate did, 47. So I'm not really sure where that came from. But we'll have Nate come on, give a little bit of a national perspective. He does these all the time. And uh, obviously he does a podcast with uh, with John Hollinger, which I know Hollinger's not the biggest uh, favorite of Heat fans, but uh, he was a general manager in the NBA. So uh, it's a pod that you guys should check out as well. All right. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.